Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, welcome to the very first podcast uh, on this brand new platform on uh, a Wednesday evening here in the Bay Area. Uh, this is going to be a very special effort on on you know other than the regular YouTube channel that I run, and a little bit about myself, just because this is the first podcast and. It will be broadcast on a lot of podcast apps as well, including Spotify and Apple. Uh, just wanted to share a little bit about myself. I am Varun Kapoor, uh, an IT professional here in the Bay Area, in the Silicon Valley itself. Uh, have worked for a lot of IT companies, uh, you know, the top 10, I would call them. Um, and I have been very fortunate to work in the IoT space as well, which is the topic for today. So, you know, I, I'm more than happy to kick off this podcast uh, with someone who is already an industry leader. Uh, I've already shared the details, Biren Gandhi, who is going to be the speaker today. He is the founder and CEO of Speak to IoT and Smart India. Uh, he has been doing this for a very long time. He's a Silicon Valley veteran himself and an industry leader. Uh, he's been there for more than 20 years, um, an angel investor, a mentor, advisor. Uh, he has uh, been a mentor to a lot of businesses, uh, some nonprofit entities, as well as he's also a very passionate keynote speaker. So, um, and, and of course, since he is, uh, you know, one of the pioneers in the IoT domain, it's really my privilege and my honor to have him here on this particular podcast where we are kicking off um, discussions around innovation, discussions around technology, uh, discussions around mentorship and entrepreneurial, uh, you know, mindset build up building. So without wasting any more time, I'm going to have him on the screen. Uh, before I get him on the screen, uh, make sure you do subscribe to the podcast and as well as the YouTube channel. And uh, if you have any kind of follow-up questions, don't uh, you know shy away. Feel free to add your questions and comments to the YouTube post, or you could always email me at podcast at kapoorz.net and we'll be more than happy to revert back. All right, with that, I'm gonna have the guest uh, speaker uh, with me. Hello, Bahrain. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, hi, thank you. Thank you, Arun. happy to be here. And uh, welcome uh, from on behalf of uh, the Silicon Valley Tech Podcast team as well. Uh, it's, a, it's an honor for us, uh, someone who has been such an industrial kind of you know industry leader uh, someone who has led many kind of uh, you know companies as well as worked for some amazing companies in the bay area or as i like to call it the silicon valley itself uh, i'm really looking forward to this conversation uh, so you know i know I, I did introduce you a little bit but i would love to hear from you you know who is Biren gandhi and the second thing to follow up on that what's the one thing that's on top of your mind uh, as we start off this this conversation. Absolutely, yeah. First of all, uh, thanks a lot for having me on the show. And uh, it's a privilege to be on the opening uh, session of this podcast series, right? So it's, it's a very special uh, near and dear for, I'm, I'm assuming for you, as well as all the, the viewers Absolutely. who have joined in, tuned in, and for me as well. 
a uh, little bit on my background i have been uh, i'm proud to consider myself as a humble lifelong learner on a variety of domains uh, because that's what uh, this whole technology and silicon valley is all about it keeps us makes us keep learning day in and day out and new technologies come in and old ones go phase out i was fortunate to be part of like four or five such category defining uh, technologies over last 20 plus years in the bay area uh started with uh, the facebook when the social networking was not invented actually very old days 2004 2000 time five time frame where facebook had less than couple of hundred people so fortunate to be part of that whole social media revolution from the beginning uh in in defining that category and working on that was uh, extremely privileged to to work on that then the next wave of uh, was of uh, social games so i was part of zynga as well uh, many of you might be familiar with farmville and many other will series games uh, social right. games so i was fortunate to be part of zynga for creating the whole social gaming category where people could play together uh, nice. the third phase was obviously uh, during my tenure at cisco where we were kicking off all this iot the inception of the whole iot ecosystem the iot word was obviously coined long back but the real momentum Uh, did not start until like 2010 11 time frame when the connectivity was more ubiquitous and cheap and affordable so uh, was part of this whole iot uh, ecosystem from from the early days pre inception days as well and most recently obviously as part of my own startup which is speak to iot and some of you can obviously guess it it's in the voice ai uh, part of it so that's another uh, new category which is going to revolutionize how people interact with iot so i'm super excited to be part of all this like uh, um, uh, the technological revolutions i've been part of and looking forward to many more uh, together wonderful wonderful and yes uh, we are living in that uh, you know day and age of technology where every few days every few months there is something new that pops up and there is uh, you know always uh, a lot of technology which uh, kind of transitions to the newer fancier faster quicker uh, you know way now you mentioned uh, you know of course speak to iot i'm sure is close to your heart as well um, as much as iot is closer to a lot of people you know with, which comes with a lot of challenges i'm sure you know and and working in the same kind of domain right now you know i've learned uh, one of the biggest challenges that comes with um, anything that has to do with iot is a lot of security and vulnerability and Uh, you know the risks involved but for a layman let's start off with that what is iot how would you define iot and uh, then we'll continue from there yeah definitely i mean uh, iot is a buzzword obviously and there are many many different like more interpretations uh, sometimes millions of interpretations of the word itself if not right. more but i generally like to go with the basics how will you explain it to a 5 year old right that's like a very simple way to understand any big buzzword so iot for for the the beginners it's a internet of things so we are familiar with the internet today but when it started off like go back in time about like 50 years or so when it all started off with darpa and other things like how the internet came in existence it was like connected web of some shared documents people were just sharing some documents on some network where they could access remotely then it evolved into html documents and the markup like more of a fancier web pages uh, and static websites obviously so it was internet of documents internet of websites then it went into the internet of commerce basically the dynamic websites and e-commerce so that phase came into existence and after that it was more of internet of apis the web services which are talking to each other and this internet of things is by same extension is the connected web of little things now what is a thing a thing could be any piece of electronic essentially which is connected somehow to some other entity it is if it is isolated and disconnected yes it is still a thing but it's not a connected thing but if it is connected to some other entity then it's a thing it's a connected thing and when you combine all those like a large mesh of such systems that becomes like internet of things and by volumes by numbers Uh, the estimates like they have stopped long time back but previously they were all estimating about 50 billion devices by 2017 and 100 billion by 2019 and so on and so forth but it is actually, today it's that this billions of devices interconnected together 
that's what the internet of things is right and you know just to add to what you just mentioned you know i'll, I'll share some of the older statistics uh, you know which have been there mm-hmm. uh, we're saying uh, you know revenue revenue <coughs> for 2020 uh, was expected to be 212 billion worldwide uh, they were estimating uh, you know worldwide IT, iot spending to be about 1 trillion around 2021 uh, also they were listing out uh, the market size to be more than 4 trillion by 2025 uh, and the last maybe i can share one more which is uh, the amount of data that would be generated by iot devices themselves only was said to be about 79.4 or almost 80 zettabytes by 2025 so looking at all this uh, you know the, the the vast amount of data the vast amount of money the vast amount of investment that companies are rolling out mm-hmm. what what is there for a common man for for somebody like me sitting on my desk what does this iot the, the buzzword what does this entail what does it mean for me uh, it could mean like many different things to many different people, but ultimately the question needs to be answered in like what's in it for me at yep. individual level, at small company level, at large corporate level, for governments, for any entity uh, for that matter, right? So for any technological piece to come into existence and have adoption around that, typically it has to comply to like one of the three uh, elements or all three elements. Like one is it should somehow uh, increase revenues for companies or uh, make people's lives better, faster, cheaper, super better, whatever you want, want to tag it, right? That's right. one category. Second is it has to affect somehow the bottom line, the productivity, cutting costs, um, increasing the, the capabilities of remote management and those sort of things. So that is like second element. And the third element is like fundamentally shifting the user experience, like how people interact. Like in the pre-iPhone days, for example, we have all used those like text-based and uh, the touch phones, right? But like uh, the experience completely transformed after the iPhone made it like uh, huge leaps and bounds. So same way for any technology to survive, it has to match like at least one of these three categories. Otherwise, why? Why should anybody care? It's it's just a hobby of somebody and let's, okay, let a small group of people take care of their hobby. Right. So IoT by that standard, it is affecting it was affecting but now that growth and the influence is accelerating over last decade or so so it is whether we like it or not whether we are aware of it or not it is affecting everybody's lives on the planet whether it's like having some uh, the security cameras mounted in the variety of city offices and uh, cross streets and junctions or whether those are like security cards access cards everything and anything is becoming more and more connected. So I think it is important for us to at least know what it is. Now, how much we will be influenced by that? Only time will tell and depending on where we are in that stack. For some people, hey, it doesn't matter, I don't care, which is perfectly valid. Versus for somebody else, that is the bread and butter every day in and day out, that's the life. So it's a whole whole spectrum. um, And where we sit on the spectrum, that decides how much one should care about IoT? Got it, got it. But you know, with with like you mentioned earlier, um, any new invention, any innovation that happens, or anything that new comes up, uh, it brings in a lot of challenges. Uh, it brings in a lot of risks. Now, for adoption or for for a, a general uh, you know adoption across the board, uh, what are some of those challenges that you see uh, around IoT space? Uh, it's very, very interesting uh, question, actually. That's uh, there's a whole gamut of of challenges, right? I mean, and that is true for any technology. Uh, sometimes those are like non-technical in nature. Sometimes they are political in nature, and sometimes they are like highly technical security, yeah. cybersecurity, all those related uh, things, right? So IoT is full of uh, all kinds of challenges, right? Not just one kind of so starting from security you mentioned security earlier right like it's a that is one of like a top of the mind because those small devices uh, previously they were not connected now suddenly you start connecting them interconnecting them and offering remote access 
is obviously the the security vulnerability attack surfaces attack vectors they just exponentially go up so right. naturally the security is one of the biggest concerns of iot but at the same time privacy is another concern for citizens right a lot of the cool technologies are using facial recognition and the ai tools uh, and the connected cameras for uh, notifying alerts to the authorities and all if like let's say some terrorist is wandering around freely in a, in a metropolitan area obviously authorities need to be aware of uh, that individual but the very same thing for, for targeting one individual you are actually monitoring every single citizen every single resident of that city that is creating a lot of uh, privacy nightmares also for uh, the political campaigns around the world across the globe so but okay. keeping those things aside i mean if we come back and more of a because some of those are societal problems right and, and and there is no one way to fix there is no one single solution sometimes you have to give a lot of time for people's mindset to evolve around those uh, the, those issues and settle down with okay it is okay for me to give up certain degree of privacy for this 10 times more benefits right just like we we started off with uh, the google and the free browser based services and everything like there is nothing free but uh, people are okay to give up some part of their private life for getting the benefit so same thing is going on for iot as well but if we bring it down to more of a technical challenges right because this is a technology related podcast so so one of the basic uh, the challenge is obviously the connectivity at the lower most level of iot like how do you connect the unconnected so how do you connect those little sensors like tiny devices sometimes like they are so tiny as temperature sensors and humidity sensors and like uh, the, the, the pir sensors whatever that is like very very tiny device like how do you put intelligence inside that device to even have the connectivity there is no wi-fi no zigbee z-wave no rfid no kind of connectivity right so connectivity is like a basic layer problem like how to make connections from that device higher up then the next level problem is obviously the the services layer problem the components like how do you organize the whole massive data set so for example just as an example let's say we have a temperature sensor which emits some temperature reading every second it says hey i am 72 degrees like now you just in one minute you are going to have 60 readings of that sensor alone it's a massive bandwidth and data when you combine millions and billions of sensors across the globe like that so there are different models of Sometimes you, you capture the data, then you store the data, and then you process the data in the classic uh, cloud computing model. But then the new, new models, which are more of a fog computing and edge computing, they say, hey, you capture uh, the data, then you process the data first and store only what is meaningful after that, right? So how do you componentize where the data goes? Like the sensor is connected, but where does the connectivity go to the higher up? Is it peer-to-peer -peer connectivity or is it more of a hierarchical tree-like forest-like connectivity so that's like a second channel of fathoming all that the massive data bandwidth and the associated cost and all then the third part is obviously on the top layer the application layers like how do you give secure access to the applications to consume that data whether it's the analytics just drawing some fancy graphs and just getting the readings versus you are predicting on when a component is going to fail or whether you are commanding and controlling even not just sensing but actuating also the downward stream as well so how much an application can do and uh, the fourth part is the access layer the top like how do people access all this like massive data all the services and the applications uh, back when we uh, when we were thinking and starting on this whole iot ecosystem the paradigm one of the early problem which was detected was a fragmentation and which exists even today right you buy any smart gadget from from the store from amazon from anywhere it comes with its own mobile app now you need that mobile app to control that smart gadget now how many practically how many different mobile apps different user interfaces different accounts one can have in order to capture like 10 15 different vendor devices so how do you access in a seamless fashion all that plethora of information in the iot land whether it's a consumer uh, in your home you have one set of access when you go to job uh, hopefully we'll be going to back to offices soon in the post pandemic time 
So when you go to the job, then you have another network settings and the infrastructure, the enterprise level settings. When you're interacting in public spaces, malls and theaters, and there the connectivity paradigms are different. You don't want to reveal. So how do you manage this whole uh, different persona, the access of different persona in a seamless fashion? And that's one of the trigger point for that thought process actually gave birth to my startup speak to IoT because we believe this whole fragmentation of IoT platforms, there are 100 plus platforms or whole fragmentation of like which dashboards and always going to look into something and learning different UIs and UX elements. It's like all painful, it's not scalable in the IoT land. So we believe voice is that universal, no app, app-less, dashboard-less, like universal access mechanism, which is simple enough. You don't have to learn like how to do certain things, all you care about what to do. And even if you say it something in incorrect fashion, boom, it takes care of things. Just uh, you don't have to always type the command in that specific manner. You don't have to teach people about using how to use that dashboard and user interface and how many clicks you. You don't have to go through all the training exercise and developing an upgrade exercise. So, so access is like we believe it's like very very powerful because no matter how powerful the underlying infrastructure is, unless it is very very simple for end users to use it is going to be challenging for adoption and again taking the example of iphone uh, back again right like having that one button steve jobs fought really hard for having just one button instead of multiple buttons which were very popular and no buttons also right for the for the keypad so simplicity is hard work and we believe the voice provides that simplicity and hence like we we created the startup around bringing voice to the iot land and named it as speak to iot you can control everything using voice perfect perfect and that takes me to the the most important uh, you know uh, point of this whole podcast uh, voice of iot uh, you know you you have a company called speak to iot uh, and uh, it needs to have the voice so what is this voice of iot talk us through a little bit about that and if possible give us some examples or maybe you know potentially some kind of a demo as well Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So as I was saying earlier, it's access. Accessing IoT is typically done today. The most common ways is mobile apps and bunch of dashboards, right? Whenever we say, hey, you have some dashboard, nice graphs, pie charts, and like all the, the waterfall models and everything, it that is considered as the, the visual part of the IoT. Uh, we went one step beyond that. It's like, okay, how many different elements you can even talk um, or train users on? So we said, hey, let's give voice to all these IoT devices. So you should be able to interact with those devices using your natural human voice in different languages, whether you are speaking English or Spanish or Hindi, it doesn't matter. Uh, It's all, even if you are saying incorrect grammar, doesn't matter. As long as you're providing the information to the system, which is sufficient, that's all it, it matters. Then system should have the intelligence to process that information, take in, and give you the intelligent response as a result. So building this voice first interfaces for not just for the smart home uh, devices and those all intelligent devices, but building this voice first interfaces for corporates, for enterprises, for our network gadgets, for uh, different kind of needs, for any kind of backend system, whether it's an ERP system or CRM system, voice becomes that like first contact point. Uh, for accessing anything and speaking of the demo uh, let me show you i hope it it works actually it's a real live implementation of uh, sure. one of the the google assistant uh, skill that we have uh, we have okay. developed so let me uh, uh, open the the public application google assistant i hope i'm yes All right talk to voice of things Hello from Voice of Things powered by Speak to IoT. How can I assist you? How many people are there in the waiting area? A few seconds ago, waiting area was occupied by 15 users out of its allowed capacity of 20. How else can I assist you? Where can I find the medical kit? A few seconds ago, medical kit was located around History Zone at MLK Library. Can I help you with something else? Uh, What's the temperature in the medical room? 
A few seconds ago, temperature in medical room was reported at 75 degree Fahrenheit. How else can I assist you? Uh, what's the humidity in the waiting area? A few seconds ago, humidity in waiting area was reported at 35%, which is healthy for indoor environment. Can I help you with something else? Um, how many people are there in the medical room? A few seconds ago, medical room was active with seven users out of its allowed capacity of eight. Can I help you with something else? Can you locate a wheelchair, please? A few seconds ago, wheelchair was located around zone two at medical school. Can I help you with something else? Goodbye. Very so, impressive. Very nice. Yeah, so, wow. So, uh, as you might have seen, like there was, there is no dashboard, no other mobile app. This was like running purely Google Assistant, freely downloadable app on iPhones, and it's built in for all the Android phones worldwide, right? So. And it was interacting with a bunch of sensors, temperature sensor, humidity sensor, uh, the people presence sensor, which is, again, we are interfacing with different backend systems for that, uh, sometimes with Cisco, sometimes with Juniper Mist, sometimes with Meraki, uh, different subsystems underneath, and giving a more of a holistic view to the end user. And should end user should not have to think that, hey, where do I go for that piece of information or which dashboard, which website should I go to for that piece of information? For end user, it should be all in one place, unified. Doesn't matter whether which language you speak in, which order you speak in. It's a natural language powered interface. So that is what I meant by uh, voice of IoT. Uh, I thought like uh, actually showing is more than telling. So that's why I like this. Uh, this was actually running live system and you can also try on your voice assistant as well. Anybody can try talk to voice of things. You have to enable that skill once and link your account. But after that, it's freely accessible. So you can have a taste of your own as well uh, using this technology. Very, very, very impressive and very nice. Uh, you know, I'm going to pick a, a question. Um, <clears throat> you know, while you were talking about the IoT and, you know, the, the entire thing, uh, Ishita is asking, would, would it be able would we be able to create any kind of an IoT language? Or, you know, let me put it even more simpler or generic. Do we even need an IoT language? Uh, well, in uh, in my opinion, and uh, no, because <clears throat> most of the, one of the beauty of IoT is M2M, the mobile to mobile or machine to machine interfaces. When humans are using language, typically it goes through like multiple contextualizations and interpretations versus when machines are talking they're just talking binary at the end i mean for them that is like doesn't matter what it is so the language of iot is binary ones and zeros bottom line right and on top layer for man to machine human to machine interfaces that's where this natural language tools are providing very very powerful interfaces for interacting with machines so human to machine is natural language whatever humans are capable of uh, whatever language you are feeling comfortable and between machine to machine it's just the binary so i don't think there is a new language invention necessary instead like we have sufficient thing it's just to to drive more adoption around that got it got it and uh, you know i see a few more comments coming in so i'll i'll pick them up as well one by one uh, but uh, like daksh daksh is asking how does it fill information into a CRM system? Does it do that? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it it can. You have to have, at the end of the day, uh, there is no magic, right? We are living in the world which is powered and constrained by laws of physics. So there is no magic here. So somewhere, somebody has to do the work, but the human beings are always striving to minimize their workload, right? We are lazy beings uh, at the bottom. We always try to minimize our efforts. So yes, once the, the APIs, the adapters are building in for reading and writing to the CRM systems or ERP systems underneath, we can access uh, them using voice or using any other medium. And voice is the most uh, proliferating uh, uh, medium right now. In the future, that would be like brain caps and few other things. Just by thoughts, you can do third, certain things. But we are a little bit away from that uh, that manner. But Voice is like here and now uh, as a as a practical, feasibly uh, practically feasible 
way of doing things. As long as you have the backend interfaces and APIs to the right systems, anything is possible. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Uh, so, so let me, uh, you know, ask another question. Uh, like we already discussed, there are challenges, there are issues, uh, vulnerabilities, and you know whatnot. Uh, every single organization which is trying to adapt to the IoT uh, space, or you know, trying to get more devices connected and get to them to talk to each other. Uh, you know, if I own a company like that, or maybe let me just put it this way: I am just starting a company, and I really want to spend my dollars wisely and i really want to think about it so what are those things that i need to keep on my my you know in my list or on my top of my mind before i you know in, invest into anything related to iot what would be those key things uh, i think one of the the basic thing is always the value creation right so there are always like two sides of certain things the price and the value so whenever we think that the price we are paying for an entity is less than the value we are getting in return, we'll be happily paying that price. People pay for Netflix, people pay for Spotify, people pay for subscriptions of various kinds because they are thinking the price they are paying versus the value they're getting in return is way higher. And same principle applies here in the IoT land. It's no different. Whenever somebody is creating something of value, something which solves one of those three things I highlighted earlier, whether it's affecting the top line, whether it's affecting the bottom line, whether it's driving and changing the user experience fundamentally. So if there is enough value which is created by that entity, by that company, versus how much you are investing into, what is the price you are paying to create that value? So as long as the value is higher than the price, it's going to be a feasible venture. Got it. Got it. And, uh, you know, another thing which uh, always comes to my mind right now, being in the technology domain myself, a lot of noise, uh, and this is all good noise, uh, you know, is being made around artificial intelligence, machine learning, and whatnot. Uh, how does that correlate with the IoT space? And how do you see from a future perspective, you know, where does that lead us uh, in this IoT space? Wow, that's a, that's a, that's a big one actually. But <clears throat> so I mean the way they the way I like to talk about is the the three way transition usually the whole the artificial intelligence and uh, the humans. That's a big uh, singularity debate which is going on whether humans will be underpowered by the machines and artificial intelligence systems of tomorrow and next decade and all. So the way I like to highlight is like. Previously, we were focusing on all the, the hand-powered blue-collar jobs. And then the industrial revolution came in and it took away majority of the, the hand-powered uh, human jobs away because of the automation and industrial revolution of some kind. So then human beings kind of switched to the, the head-powered job, the intellectual kind of jobs, the white-collar revolution. Now, in today's age, with increased influence of AI, even those things are slipping away. There are AIs which are uh, writing code on their own. There are AI systems which are much more faster and powerful than humans making decisions. And we are seeing Teslas all around here, at least in the Bay Area, right? Like all the self-driving and auto-driving mechanisms, right? So they are making much faster decisions, even intellectual decisions, right? Which are which requires like tremendous uh, capability to process data. So even the, the head related jobs are going away. They're slipping away from human beings control. So the third revolution comes in is like a heart. So hand, head and heart finally. So emotions are still uh, in very much in human beings control. Yes, there are AI systems which are creating music albums. There are AI systems which are creating uh, the paintings and artworks and all that, but it's in the very rudimentary stage. So the emotions area, uh, the memories, the stories, that area is still very much in human beings control. So I think there is going to be a natural transition and uh, concentration around skills in that area moving forward as we are seeing more and more AI powered things. I mean. AI is generating marketing scripts and AI is generating all the novels and writing and this, uh, the GPT-3 algorithms are like super powerful in kind of generating new material, new content, right? So 
So all those things are going to happen. But as far as the IoT is concerned, so there is going to be a, a merger of IoT, AI, and voice to a certain degree moving forward. The boundaries are not yet known, but it goes, again, goes back to reducing the human effort. Human beings are increasingly becoming lazier, uh, right? As <laughs> I mean, and that's how we are wired up psychologically. So always we try to minimize our effort. If things can be done without getting up from the chair, we'll do that, if, <laughs> right? So, so that basically requires increased convenience. And that means like some kind of system which is helping us human beings in achieving that convenience then the ai comes in which is kind of predicting what we need or we what we might need right we have seen the the gmail interface like which is uh, predicting the text as you are typing right it is kind of trying to say like hey you just have to enter tab or spacebar and boom it just completes the sentence okay. right so you are becoming more of predicting things and the same thing the iot is the control part of it the actuation like how do you make something happen in the physical world right, right. ai will tell that hey this should be done you can give like voice commands or some other forms of commands that hey do it but who is actually going to manifest it in the physical world and that's where the iot's uh, challenge is going to be uh, unrolled unraveled in a way so variety of sensors feeding the data into the ai systems and the actuators and the controls including the robots and the, the tiny nanobots and drones and all those sort of things which are offering the actuation mechanism. So AI, voice, and IoT, they are pretty much going to be the part of life 50 years from now, if not 10 or 20 years down the road. Right. Uh, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, one of the things that you just mentioned, the laziness, uh, you know, I read somewhere, uh, most of the inventions that have happened in the, that will also happen in the future is because of, you know, that laziness of people who wants to, who want to kind of automate something and make their own life easy so you know i can definitely relate to that uh, you know quote that you audio you know the statement that you made uh, you know there are two more questions which i'm going to take and i also want to be mindful of the time so uh, one of the things is uh, based on what you were telling uh, preeti was asking how do you calculate value you know whether we are getting value out of it or not how do you do that uh that's like it's more of an art than science there is some science and i think some of the the numbers you also quoted earlier like number of devices and the this trillions of dollars right i mean there is no scientific way of guaranteeing that value right? it's all based on perceived value so uh, value is is very intangible in that manner but when somebody you can always say that, hey, if I'm willing to pay a price, it means the value is something more than the price I'm willing to pay. Otherwise, I will not be paying that price. So I'm paying, let's say, $10 for a service. It means the value has to be $11 at least, roughly. Right? Now, whether it's $11 or whether it's $20 or whether it's $100, that is like open to interpretation. But whenever somebody... so the value uh, numbers are always derived from the corresponding price numbers, how much people are willing to pay or spend on a given piece of product or service. And that's how you derive the value numbers. But there is no um, hard science, unfortunately, in that domain. Right. And I think that's the art that we all are learning, not only in the IoT space, but other, way, other, other places as well, uh, that you know sometimes it's not like hardcore tangible outcome that you get uh, but some of those uh, you know side effects that you see you know uh, you know I've, I've been part of some, a lot of pro programs myself uh, and specifically in iot space and outside of iot space you know sometimes taking out the value out of it uh, becomes very difficult but you know sometimes the customer feedback you know sometimes those statements from the or the customers uh, you know the, the the words that they use uh, how easy it has been their life or the team's life i think those are also good factors and that's where we need to invest uh, for example you know covid covid has transformed everyone's life nobody would have imagined the kind of lifestyle we are in right now the, the lifestyle we are leading right now uh, mm -hmm. be it the, the schools the kids you know how they have adapted how we as adults you know who for us a lot of development a lot of uh, innovation used to happen while sitting in office, but the same thing is now happening while we all are working from home. So 
all these changes that is happening around us is also part of that evolution which is happening and including the iot space uh, one more question which i'm flashing is how secure is speak to iot any security concerns you know or see well there are always going to be security concerns right now <laughs> we we can never rule out that some but something is 100% secure otherwise we won't be hack, uh, seeing those many hacking attempts but naturally we can take care of what we know and uh, obviously based on my past experience with uh, facebook with zynga with cisco with a uh, few other companies in the enterprise and consumer space uh, security is of paramount importance so we have taken like special measures to even secure the lowest levels of devices for example our uh, uh, india centric brand called smart india where we are selling those consumer uh, smart home devices right switches and uh, uh, smart plugs and all so we have taken special precautions to secure those tiny devices and how they connect to our cloud uh, to the back uh, because by default the open source protocols i mean they are the tools they will give you all the tools of the trade but it's up to you how to wire and use and leverage those tools for uh, overall security and privacy concerns of your audience. So, yes, we have taken care of uh, everything we could imagine, obviously, uh, because that's what the customer trust is. And in fact, in some other enterprise use cases, uh, we have done some demos where part of our application actually resides behind the firewall within the enterprise controlled area. And it is connecting securely with our cloud. Uh, so that there is no directly the devices are not connecting to the cloud at all they are always connecting to something local for the enterprise environment and that enterprise component in turn is uh, connected to the cloud uh, through a fiber pipe but yes we have taken some precautions but let's hope uh, we don't get hacked but if if we are we have to just deal with it just like everybody else is dealing with that right right so you know uh, just as we try to kind of wrap up this particular session uh, in the last 10 minutes uh, one of the things that, you know, you are the CEO of Speak to IoT, you're also leading the effort of Smart India. Uh, you know, tell us from your perspective, you know, when you're meeting customers or clients or potential, uh, you know, investors, what are the top three or, you know, top two, three things that are on top of their mind when, I, when it comes to IoT? What are the things that they are scared of? What are the things that they are excited about, uh, you know, and why would somebody if if say for example i'm gonna say you know as a as a uh, investor if i have to invest something if i have to think about that you know this is gonna be the thing in the iot space what could be that that you know maybe you could share a little bit about that as well uh, sure some thoughts like so uh, i'm based in silicon valley but my co-founder karan shate he's based in mumbai so we have a visibility in on both sides of the planet right uh, the different ecosystem and mindset uh, based in uh, customers and companies in india and ecosystems and mindsets of uh, the western mindset right uh, most of the time one of the most common especially in the south asian markets the top of the line comment is cost uh, the top of the <laughs> it's like okay cost and the reason is people are still not sure like leveraging the IOT. For example, let me give a voice example. Like you have a regular refrigerator versus you have a voice enabled refrigerator uh, for, for that matter, which right. can be controlled by or which can be interacted by with by um, Google and Alexa and Samsung and whatnot. Now right. the manufacturer, let's say manufacturer is selling the standard refrigerator for one, $1,000 for the sake of simplicity. Now, right. If the cost of implementation is, let's say, $100 with Speak to IoT's voice-powered solution, they are not sure whether this new cost of $100, will they be able to recoup from the market as a premium product? If they are not, if they are willing to sell it for $1,500 or $2,000, the smart refrigerator, then only they'll be making the investment of $100 in kind of building these new capabilities. But that's what they are not sure of yet. And, and that's like a, it's an adoption curve. Typically, it rises slowly and then exponentially it kicks off when everything goes off. So cost is one of the main concern there. On the, on the U.S. and the Western world side, uh, the privacy and the security are the, the topmost concerns, right? Because sometimes, uh, especially in the voice land, uh, if you have to speak the commands loud, 
there is no voice printing capabilities which are possible so i can say something and my son also can say something and say hey buy this thing and boom the commerce happens right how do you prevent those things with two factor authentication in the voice land in the iot land so the bigger concern in the western mindset is about like privacy and security around that like how do you give access only to the authorized person in a seamless fashion and in the eastern uh, um, hemisphere we have typically the cost concern as the top of the mind concern got it got it and uh, you know you you mentioned about you know these i i would love to call them like funny problems to have uh, you know i've heard stories we've read stories in in different uh, medium uh, where you know the kids and all that stuff they with the power of of words uh, you know like even before this particular session when we were chatting my iot devices my alexa or my device would also start talking uh, you know one of the things that we all are always scared and skeptical one is the security aspect the second is we always have the fear that it's constantly observing hearing us and you know maybe we don't know how it would react or behave uh, in our absence you know uh, end of the day it's all technology uh, not everyone is technologically savvy uh, so they're always scared so you mentioned about this refrigerator which has that smart capabilities uh you know people are always scared skeptical do i really need to you know spend this much money to get this kind of a fridge or this kind of a a device so if if in a very layman language again not not biren gandhi the the technocrat not the uh, you know uh, technical person but as a, a layman if you have to tell another layman why to kind of you know spend your dollars or to spend your time on such technology or such devices what would be that advice to them um it goes back to that fundamental element of like uh, what is the problem it is solving right like uh, so i am keeping myself uh, aside for uh, for just one minute or so uh, mm -hmm. i am putting myself into my parents shoes right like 70 mm -hmm. plus you are That's sleeping right. as an elderly person you are sleeping in the middle of the night like you need to go to restroom uh, as happens with all the seniors it's very common uh, the physiology of the body so like what do you do today do you turn on the lights of your room of the bathroom or do you have those automated lights of some kind whether like it's a sensor based light which just turns on as you walk by or alternative is like hey you have this smart light now for smart light do you control using like if you have to again you leverage the mobile app for that purpose that's a bad choice because if you are a senior like you pick up the phone look at the app like with the shaky hands with like tiny fonts in the middle of the night when you are like barely opening your eyes like it's it's simply yeah. not possible versus imagine like okay saying like hey turn on the light or turn on, on the light at 10% dim uh, brightness because i don't want my um my mom or dad to to wake up uh, sleeping next to me right so that's the uh, that's the convenience and the life saving thing which it's it's bringing right now we are working with uh, another company called in the personal emergency response systems purse devices like those small pendants you might have seen for seniors for example yeah. which is mm -hmm. like one button thing for emergency geolocation geofencing now their relatives the kids and grandkids who are actually asking the the grandparents to wear those devices they are concerned about their health and well, well being and whereabouts right so but they cannot keep on calling and checking and just logging into some dashboard every time like hey where is my dad or where is my grandfather right uh, instead like we are building voice powered interfaces that hey while working they can just simply ask the question to alexa or google that hey is my mom okay did they have a fall or anything in last 24 hours or where are they right now and say hey it's they are at home no worries like okay i can continue my work so it's bringing lot more convenience but again there is always there are some concerns around like okay somebody is hearing me aloud when i'm talking to something or those devices are also spying on me i mean those concerns are valid genuine in some cases some researchers have proved that they were listening earlier and obviously alexa and google are trying to fix things as as fast as they can Uh, to prevent the the wrong branding and uh, dirtying of their images but yeah it's a uh, it's uh, it goes back to those basic principles of like how much value we find in adopting any service or product 
No, you got it. Uh, you know, someone just shared something, and I'm uh, even though I'm not going to be sharing the screen, uh, you know, I, I'll just quote it what uh, this individual has shared. So there's a couple, uh, you know, an elderly couple. Uh, they're, they're talking to each other, and the husband is telling the wife uh, that you know today tonight we have to go out for dinner. So wife asks, what happened? Why do we have to go out and why can't? He says, the refrigerator, let me just add the word smart. The smart refrigerator isn't speaking to the stove right now. So, so you know, these are also some of the things, you know, some of the challenges that, you know, sometimes these technological things or these devices can overpower. You know, we've heard certain challenges. Um, but that has nothing to do just with the IoT space. You know, let me let me be very clear about that as well. And I'm I'm sure Biren would love to add something to that. Uh, any new technology, any new language, any new product, any new service comes with its own sets of challenges, lessons that we learn, and they evolve over a period of time. So Correct. while we all love our Teslas and we love you know how automatically everything happens, and you know like even my kids love that musical kind of interface that comes up and they stand out and they will start that uh, you know it looks like as if the car is dancing for them but at the same time um, it's evolving there are risks involved in every single thing uh, who would have thought a simple thermometer that used to have that mercury uh, imagine made of glass still used to do the same thing versus all the thermal uh, you know, these thermometers, which are, you know, just have to bring close to your forehead or your hand. And now they're doing the same magic that used to happen. Uh, mm -hmm. Was the other thermometer, which you used to stick in your mouth, was that not risky? I would say it was. It was made of glass. It had mercury in it. What, and it was so thin. What if it goes inside your mouth? And, you know, for, for you know, whatever it takes, you could be landing in, in hospital just for checking your... Uh, you know, temperature versus the new technological things that have come up. So while people are always going to have those, uh, you know, challenges adapting to new technologies, new products, but I think it's very, very apt to say right now, especially in the IoT space, that the time is right now. Uh, Viren, you want to add something or, you know, as, as we come to the end of this podcast? No, I think uh, you said the phrase, that's my favorite uh, phrase. Uh, uh, time is right now, actually. So uh, the innovations are not farther away in the future. It's it's happening as we speak. We are in the middle of it. We may not be able to see it clearly because when you are in the middle of something, it obviously things are fuzzy and chaotic. And uh, But when you look outside, step away, and then you look like right there we are right in the middle so the future is now in fact i did a bunch of keynotes on very same topic the future oh, nice. is now so it, it is uh, very apt and appropriate at this point and there is nothing to nothing specific about iot but it's whole uh, the evolution of technology whether it's iot whether it's a voice whether it's ai whether it's like bitcoin and blockchain and anything uh, we can imagine like things are progressing to drive that fundamental human value of convenience at a lower cost at a more secure and like to something that fulfills our laziness right so that's that's how we keep on uh, innovating around and that innovation is going to go on so we just need to decide like if and when we want to be part of it and if so how how deeply and how closely all right before we wrap up uh, you know two points so one i'll take this question uh, I think this is a question from uh, LinkedIn. Aruna is asking, what about the language barrier, specifically in India, how to overcome, how IoT can overcome, uh, you know, such such kind of issues? Yeah, so we are, I mean, for Speak to IoT and Smart India, we are riding on the shoulders of the giants for the very same reasons. Like understanding language, localized language is very difficult. And nobody in the world has the data set, the training data set for accents and the words and the meaning and the labeling uh, compared to what Google has or what Amazon has. So naturally their voice systems are super powerful, super sophisticated and Google is claiming like 100 plus language support. So many Indian languages are also supported and more and more are getting added to that list. So once there is enough data set uh, to learn any particular language, uh, making it learn is is easy and by virtue of us kind of riding on the shoulders of those giants 
we automatically get the benefit of those language learnings which is done by google and alexa and uh, samsung and apple and and whatnot and as we come to the end of this uh, first podcast uh, you know beautiful quote uh, one shorthand abstraction that if adopted would improve the cognitive toolkit of humanity is to think bottom up not top down very well said by, of course, Sushant Singh Rajput, who was also a very technologically savvy guy. Now, uh, just to wrap it up, Biren, uh, first of all, thank you so much for your time for this this amazing podcast and to kick off uh, a series of, of podcasts that are going to happen on this platform. Uh, if people want to connect and if they want to know more about it or they have follow-up questions, how do they contact Biren Gandhi? So yeah, one, the Twitter handle is right there on the screen, Biren Gandhi. My LinkedIn is also same, Biren Gandhi. Feel free to send an invite. And for email, you can always uh, hit me up at talk at speaktoiot.com. So we have deliberately chosen talk instead of info or contact. It's like we want people to talk. So talk at speaktoiot.com. Very, 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 very well done and very well said. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate to have you on this particular podcast. And like I said at the at the very beginning of this podcast, I couldn't have asked for a better start. I'm I'm sure a lot of more techno you know technologists, technocrats, uh, you know all these uh, enthusiasts in technologies. Some of the CEOs, some of the CTOs, CIOs, and whatnot. And even if you're uh, uh, an entrepreneur in the making, you know, I just don't want. Um, people who have been there and done that. I would also love to have people who really want to do certain things uh, and they are either shy or they are not sure whether this is the moment, this is the time for them uh, to kind of be more active, join uh, you know, some of the sessions, uh, even come and share your, your you know, issues, challenges. And I'm sure people like Biren Gandhi who have been there are more than happy. You know, the moment I reached out to him for this particular podcast, uh, I don't personally knew know him. Uh, I I did not even knew him from uh, you know the Cisco days, even though we shared the same kind of you know uh, company. But uh, the moment he heard about this podcast, the initiative, the vision, uh, you know, he gracefully agreed. And I'm sure people like him, many more like Biren, uh, would be more than happy to provide us all those lending hands or help. So don't shy away, Mar please read. Varun, can I, can I just quote like a, one of the famous quote, which I personally like and try to live by is, uh, if you want to go faster, go alone. But if you want to go farther, go together. And that is the, the real spirit of this community-based learning. Like we will be able to go much farther if we all go together. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, amazing way to, to end this podcast as well, Biren. Once again, on part on on behalf of the entire team, uh, and of course the Silicon Valley Tech Podcast, we are very very humbled to have you today, and I'm looking forward to another amazing session in the next few weeks. And thank you for such an informative talk, guys. Once again, before I end, uh, you can always contact or get connected with Biren Gandhi on his Twitter handle, which is Biren Gandhi. You can always visit his website. He is the CEO of speak to iot as well as smart india and uh, you know he's always welcoming you know towards people like me uh, so if you want to be mentored if you want a a, a, a very seasoned advisor biren gandhi is the guy and I, I will see you guys next wednesday with another amazing podcast another amazing leader of the industry and keep supporting and don't forget to subscribe so that you can get notifications around the speakers, the topic. And of course, uh, we also have a newsletter. So do subscribe to that newsletter as well as I plan to share more insights around technology and, uh, you know, and we'll take it from there on. And to wrap it up, uh, you know, also, if you have any kind of feedback, do reach out to me directly and we'll be more than happy to take any kind of feedback as well. So on that note, thanks once again, Biren. It was a pleasure you. having you. And take care. Bye. Thanks now. a lot. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.